North and South America's borders are somewhat rambunctious of late. Along the southern border, uh, all stops are gone. Basically, anybody who wants to come in can get in one way or another. It's just basically an open season for all, which is unfair to many people who legally chose to migrate to the United States and are waiting in line. However, at the northern border, it's another situation. They're blocking the border. No, no, no. They don't want Yanks not going to Canada. Well, actually, no, they don't want anybody going to Canada right now. And it's not because of immigration or other issues. It's to pressure the Canadian government to lift its restrictions that these protesters believe, uh, according to them, are becoming a hindrance to their being able to live their normal lives. That is what they say. That is not what I say. As far as I'm concerned, they're being a little bit picky, I think. But, hey, it's their country. It's their rules. They have their laws. We have ours in the United States. Uh, our laws can be just as restrictive at times on certain things. But, you know, it gets kind of a little bit weird. But there is one thing that uh, one senator has been pointing out as he talks at the United States Congress. No, not about the northern border, but about the southern border. And that is because of a policy of the Biden administration that anybody who comes in and seeks political uh, or economic asylum uh, will be given a hearing, which can take up three years, they're immediately flown into the country. And a lot of times, not a lot of background checks are done. And many of these people are being brought into the United States by cartels. These cartels are criminal organizations. And because of this, a lot of gang members are being transported into the United States. And this is what senators have been saying. Coverage of this important event. In 2018, I had the opportunity to walk the streets of Indianapolis with a number of concerned citizens and some clergy leadership, leaders of the nonprofit 10 Point Coalition of Indianapolis. This coalition was, was organized years ago to try and prevent violent crime from plaguing the cities of Indianapolis. And I can tell you, it was created because at the time there was grave concern about the number of fatalities on the streets of Indianapolis. In 2018, there were 178 Hoosiers who lost their lives in Indianapolis. You're listening, by the way, to Senator Todd Young. Uh, he is from Indianapolis, or rather from Indiana. Through homicide. Just three years later, we saw a 52% increase in the number of homicides. 271 individuals. Many of them leaving behind children. Blessed family members, spouses. Murdered. It's not just Indianapolis, however, that is less safe. More than a dozen major cities across the United States have seen similar upticks in violent crime. Now, there are indeed all sorts of reasons for this, but we know one of the real drivers has been public policy, a lack of leadership, including here at the federal level. When you have porous borders, and you allow in horrible substances that that pollute our streets and, and uh, fuel criminal enterprises, you're going to have more murders. 
when you're unsuccessful in persuading the Chinese Communist Party to cease, cease its exports of, of precursors used to produce these horrible banned substances, you're going to have more murders. When you nominate to the Justice Department of the United States of America soft on crime, U.S. attorneys and, and top Justice Department officials, you're going to have more murders. And yes, though a number of my Democratic colleagues have recently seen the light as it relates to the defund the police rhetoric, when you plant that seed, folks, you are going to have more murders. So I'm pleading. I'm pleading with this administration to step up, to lead. I'm pleading with my colleagues to stay as strong as possible in supporting our police during these very difficult times. I'm and, you know, that, of course, is, uh, is, is what uh, Senator Todd Young is saying. Now, let's listen to another public official about problems on the border that he's having. And this, of course, is the mayor of a city in Canada who says it is time to remove the barricades on the border. On one hand, you have someone who says the borders are too open, people are coming in, there's a lot of crime. On the other hand, a mayor in Canada who's mayor of Windsor, Canada, uh, which is a very important city to the automobile industry around the world. It's just across the bridge from Detroit. This is what he has to say about the situation regarding the border protests that have basically become border blockades, which even in the United States would technically not be allowed because you're not allowed to blockade a border. You can you can protest, but you're not supposed to, you know, impede people's abilities to move about. Uh, you can pick it. Is basically what they're saying. You can have a strike. They're not preventing them from doing that, but they don't want them blocking bridges and borders. At least that's what the mayor of Windsor, Canada says. And it has to stop, according to him. I want to speak directly to Canadians who are demonstrating here in Ottawa and across the country. Your protest began with truckers, and you've grown into an international phenomenon. Men and women, children, young and old, from every walk of life and every community of this country have been rallying to have their voices heard. You want your freedom back. To all of you who are taking part in the protests, I believe the time has come for you to take down the barricades, stop the disruptive action and come together. The economy you want to see reopen is hurting. Farmers, manufacturers, small businesses and families are suffering. I believe this is not what you want to do. We must all work together. That, of course, I'm sorry, is the opposition leader in the uh, Canadian Parliament, the head of the Conservative Party. That's Candace Bergen. And uh, now let's go to the mayor of Windsor, Canada. And she also is calling, and this is in the opposition. This is not in the, uh, you know, this is, this is one of the groups that have been basically supporting these protesters' right to protest and raise their voices about the issues uh, that are being raised in Canada. And now let's listen to the mayor of Windsor, Canada, as I was talking about earlier. He is talking to fuel and he's making progress. We have learned that an injunction hearing is set for tomorrow at 12 noon. The economic harm that this occupation is having on international trade is not sustainable and it must come to an end. 
The mayor of Windsor seeking an injunction from a judge to put an end to the protest at the Ambassador Bridge. Truckers have been blocking the entrance to the bridge since Monday, protesting Canada's COVID-19 mandates. As a result, the bridge remains closed. The economic effect on both Canada and the U.S. devastating. Now they say it's about $134 million at that one bridge alone, the Ambassador Bridge uh, in, in Canada, that is basically lost economy. Um, and and uh, what is interesting is is so many of these protests are taking place along the various bridges, uh, you know, going to Detroit, uh, the uh, uh, the border with uh, Montana and other areas. But for whatever reason, we're not seeing a single protest uh, near the border with Buffalo uh, or Niagara Falls. Uh, no protest there. Everybody's moving along. Hey, you know, you got to get to Walmart. What can I say? Meanwhile, let's listen to what uh, an American news network uh, was talking to some of the people at the, the border. The Canadian Truckers and, uh, Freedom Convoy is still going strong as the standoff is taking its Ottawa, Canada with a first-hand look at this convoy. Good morning, Jeff. Taken pretty impressive out here, I'll tell you that. You know, people thought this was going to peter out. <laughs> they haven't seen the peter built. Uh, we are in now the start of week three right in front of the uh, of the parliament here uh, in uh, downtown Ottawa. And maybe you see an incredible picture. I want to walk over to these trucks over here. Uh, they're as far as you can see. Uh, there have been more trucks added, actually, in the last few days, not uh, a petering out of this uh, this thing. And it's not just about the trucks. You know, we, we all talked about what this was starting to be about, which was about, you know, cross-border, a vaccine mandate. Uh, People have come from all over this country. Look at this truck here. This has got everybody who's come and signed their name, put a, uh, you know, put some sort of a message on that. And I'll tell you, they get a tremendous organization. Look at this. This is, these are the gas cans that people bring to try and help uh, folks maintain. You know, you got to have fuel if you got to have a truck. I, I was talking to this fellow here. His name is uh, Danik Venn, and he is a uh, contractor. You're you build houses and all that sort of thing. Yep. Exactly. You came here, you're not a trucker, but you came here to support them. Why'd you do that? Well, one of the main reasons is for our kids and uh, and also for all the injustice that we've been uh, living for the past two years. You really feel like you don't have your freedom here uh, with the mandates. Exactly. Yeah. So I come here and uh, volunteer and uh, and give help and, and love to everybody. It's amazing. You were picking up trash earlier. They've got a whole crew, Dakin, uh, that picks up trash, uh, security. Yep. You get food. Uh, yep. Uh, like we, I, I was helping uh, building that platform today. Yeah, uh, that. Walk around with me here because I want to see that platform. Uh, actually, constructing on the top of the trucks. Maybe you can see it here, Dakin. Uh, look at that. That's a, a place where uh, people make speeches uh, during the day. Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly what they want to do, but uh, but I think it's to get some some people get an interview there. Yes. And uh, anyway, so uh, every time I have spare time, I go help. Uh, I, I go uh, serve coffee if if I can, or anything I I will uh, do to help. Yeah. It is a pretty amazing spirit out here. You know, I've been to a lot of protests from uh, across the border exactly. in Canada to curb um, production, scale back production, because they can't get supplies from. So, you know, that's basically what they're saying. Of course, this is Fox Business News uh, reporting of that. You know, you can't get that in Canada. You can't get that in any other parts of the world, but here in the United States. 
So I'm just, you know, taking a little excerpt from it so you can hear what they're talking about. And if you notice the anchor talking there about, you know, well, if this is affecting production, this is affecting business, this is affecting people's lives and livelihood. And that is a reality, you know, that 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 is a, a reality. We're not seeing it along the border with New York State for some reason, and uh, I have no idea why. Uh, however, they are saying that the protests are being planned in many areas, and because of that, Governor Hochul of uh, New York is is easing back some of those efforts. So, wish we go, wish we go, <laughs> as we leave you from that border. The border between Canada and the United States, the border between the United States and Mexico, where there are problems, let's go to another border where they say other people are going to be crossing or trying to cross, and that is Ukraine, where the United States intelligence community is saying that war is imminent at any time. It's a couple of minutes long. Let's listen to this and see what they have to say yes. about it. Thank you. Um, This is a uh, United States Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Uh, he's speaking about the possible impending Navy invasion of by Russia of Ukraine uh, in a White House press briefing that has been pretty much the headlines of everything today. That there is a distinct possibility that Vladimir Putin would order. Uh, a military action, an invasion of Ukraine uh, in this window, in this time period. And that could include the time period before February 20th, before the Beijing Olympics have been completed. And so uh, they believe that, that everything I have just said is well grounded in both what they are seeing on the ground and, and what they are picking up through all of their various sources. Stand before you today and say what I have said which is that there is a distinct possibility that Vladimir Putin would order uh, a military action, an invasion of Ukraine uh, in this window, in this time period. And that could include the time period before February 20th. I know this has been the subject of a fair amount of back and forth between the administration and the press over the course of the past week. We are firmly convinced that the Russians, should they decide to move forward with an invasion, are looking hard at the creation of a pretext, a false flag operation, something that they generate and try to blame on the Ukrainians as a trigger for military action. And we are calling that out publicly because uh, we do believe that if Russia chooses to do that, they should be held to account. The world should not believe uh, that a false flag operation that they conducted uh, is a legitimate causes belli for going into Ukraine. Yes. Thanks, thanks, Jake. Uh, you, you mentioned that you do not want to say uh, that Putin has made a decision. Uh, but can, does the United States believe that the president, uh, pardon me, that President Putin has made a decision? Because PBS NewsHour just reported a little bit ago that the United States does believe that Putin has made a decision and has also communicated that decision uh, to the Russian military. Is that accurate? The report that you just referenced, which I have not seen yet, it does not accurately capture what the U.S. government's view is today. Or so, you know, okay, so basically what they're saying is there maybe might be an invasion and there maybe might possibly be war 
And this is kind of like the truckers saying they maybe might leave the border with Canada and that also maybe the United States is also cracking down on illegal immigrants coming in from the southern border with Mexico. A lot of maybes, a lot of ifs, a lot of buts. Let's just take it in ease and take it easy. It's the Super Bowl weekend. Hey, so many bets are going on the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody's going to do anything to screw up the Super Bowl weekend by, by either causing more protests with Canada, more cartel invasions from Mexico, and, well, I don't know. You can never trust Putin when it comes to invading. He likes war, maybe. Maybe. Uh, or it could all just be a wag-the-dog thing to get our attention distracted from all the screw-ups that have been happening, especially with an economy that is faltering. Price of oil reaching $95 a barrel from a time when it was practically being given away less than two years ago. Uh, and then, of course, uh, inflation reaching 7.5% jobs reports being reported as having a lot of jobs, but unfortunately, people saying that the jobs report numbers were wrong. <sighs> That's just one of those times. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And let's just hope when you're listening to this, that war isn't raging somewhere in the world already. We've had enough of that for a little while. I think, of course, seeing and hearing about it is something that a lot of people do not want to hear more of. And perhaps cooler heads will prevail and prevent things from getting too far over the edge. Or then again, maybe not. Either way, why I've been stuck up on popcorn. I'm Mike of New York, and that's been our podcast. Meanwhile, let's listen to a few more choice words, uh, a couple of press conferences very quickly, and some interviews that took place earlier today on those Canadian protests. It's not just all maple syrup up there. They've got real issues they're talking about. Very important to them. Maybe not to us. Those of us down here in the U.S., it's a different situation. But definitely something worth listening to. My name is Eddie Cornell. I'm a veteran of the Canadian Forces. Uh, I served in a combat arms trade. And I'm calling on all fellow veterans to stand up for your country once again. You're not wearing your uniform at this point, but you're a soldier, no less the, the same that you were prior to uh, retiring. Um, we are in a very critical situation in this country where our freedoms have been taken away. All of you know what it's like to stand up for freedom and democracy around the world. We've done it, and it's your turn to do it here in our own country. They're starting to take it away. You can see it, you can smell it. I need you to come here and support this action. You have to be part of something bigger than yourself. Don't be afraid to put yourself in harm's way like you did before. Putting yourself in harm's way got you where you are now, and you need to do it once again. I'm calling stand to for all my brothers and sisters that served to come. Come to Ottawa. If you can't come to Ottawa, stand up in your community. Let your voice be heard. And I mean in a nonviolent way. Violence is something that is not what we're trying to 
um, have anything due to incite um, an insurrection or anything of that nature. I'm asking you in a peaceful manner to come forward and stand up for your country and hold the line. Meanwhile, we go a little further and let's listen to this broadcast from Fox and Friends that I saw earlier on Friday, where they had a reporter going around and now talking to the various people outside the Canadian Parliament building in Ottawa. And uh, to uh, my Pinoy friends, that does not mean Ottawa, which means, you know, Hindi uh, uh, I'm just kidding. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a serious matter. This was uh, around 8 o'clock in the morning on Friday. Listen to what they had to say. Why are you here? Uh, to get our freedom back. I don't want to raise my kids with masks and QR codes, so that's why we're here. What are you making this morning? Uh, bacon and eggs. I just started, so I'm cooking the bacon first, and then we have uh, plenty of eggs. So uh, It sounds like you're here for the long haul. Yeah, I'm here since day one, so it's been 15 days. We're in Ottawa right now. I'm with my wife and kids, uh, so we're here to stay. I feel very deeply about this to make that kind of a commitment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, we're all in this together, but people don't realize how we we struggling in, in, in this, and we, we need a QR code for this or QR code for that. And so it's like, much. yeah, it's too much. And the pressure we have to, to get vaccinated, there's something about it that just don't work. You vaccinated? It's medical information. It's not the, of your business. <laughs> okay, that's a, fair, that's a fair answer. Yeah, but you just don't want to be mandated. Yeah, that, that's it. I just don't want to end all the mandates, and it's going to be all right. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll let you get back to breakfast. Thank you. Uh, you can just walk up to pretty much anybody here, and uh, they got something to tell you. Their passion carrying Canadian flags, as I see this gentleman here, right here. Uh, tell me why you're here, sir. I'm a 60-year-old grandfather who's been fired from his job by General Motors of Canada on December 12th, they told all non-vax people to just leave. They cut us all out. My 31-year-old son has lost his job. He will be in April. He's been told he's gone because he's non-vaxxed. And my daughter, who was pregnant in the fall and being asked to vax, had to uh, leave early and give birth to a child prematurely after the government was harassing her to uh, take the vaccine. So my family has been impacted in hundreds of thousands of dollars. My son-in-law has his own business, consulting business, and he's losing tens of thousands of dollars. The government has decided to punish their people, and I'm here to stop it. You feel very passionate about this. I will die to protect my family and my children from overreach by the government. I hear, I'm here for peace, for love, and satisfaction of people living in a country in unity. And this Mr. Trudeau does not deserve the title of prime minister. He is an insult to Canadians. I just want to know how far Mr. Trudeau would go if somebody took the food off of his table, because that's how far I'm going to go, Mr. Trudeau. Mark my words, Mr. Trudeau. Sir, I appreciate very much you sharing your story. I can... So, you know, you're listening to these words of these people and the passion they have about it. To those of us who, you know, um, essentially have followed the mandates or meet all legal requirements, it, it almost seems, you know, what is the issue? But then again, you also have to remember that in a democracy, the people have the right to their own bodies and decisions and freedom. So, you know, uh, while on the one hand, we may 
mock and jeer at some of them, uh, some of the reasoning behind it, and, and trying to figure out why. Uh, but deep down inside, you also have to admire their tenacity, their desire, their their need to to be able to express themselves and and to express uh, their rights in a in a democracy in a free society. We may not agree, but we can always show respect. Uh, however, Canada is a nation of laws. This is the United States is a nation of laws. Uh, the Canadians have said basically they've declared a state of emergency in Canada, and particularly in uh, Ontario, where Ottawa is, and uh, where uh, much of uh, you know the the, the uh, uh, Canadian uh, situation of protests and, and whatever that has been happening is happening. And uh, uh, you will probably see very very. Strong, angry words over the next few days as this continues to seemingly move on without an end. While here in New York City and many parts of New York, we are getting back to our reality. But we didn't have lockdowns as hard as Canada. We didn't have a situation as stringent as their practices. And uh, I guess to each his own. Um, it was different here even though we were one of the worst impacted places on the planet as far as COVID was concerned, where, where I am right now. Uh, I literally live in Corona, <laughs> Corona, New York, as, as jokingly it's referred to, you know, we live at the corner of Corona and virus. Uh, 20 plus thousand people lost their lives in this city alone. And uh, to us here, it is a, a serious topic. Uh, yes. There's a lot of debate on, on what the causes are and all of this, but uh, there are also laws that need to be followed. And uh, blocking freeways or highways and bridges and borders is maybe not the best way to do it. There's maybe other ways to protest now that the message has been brought across, and maybe it's time to push it forward in other ways, in other means. After all, there are elections. Uh, there is a democracy, and uh, these democracies have processes. That's all for me for now for here. And uh, hope all of you just listen in and learn as uh, we hear people express themselves and, and everything else. Meanwhile, that's it for me for now. I'm Mike of New York.